Welcome to the Reliance Community Podcast. Worship with us on Sunday mornings at 9 o'clock or 1045 a.m. We hope you're encouraged by today's message. God is good. God loves me. God is for me. And so when you can get those things rooted in your heart, God is good, God loves me, and God is for me, it's foundational then for how you approach the Lord. Amen? And so make, make this the process of your heart as you pray through. We've got our May calendars back there. Uh, if you want to pray just kind of through with us uh, day to day throughout this month. And uh, we also have um, our citywide pr- uh, prayer calendars, which is praying the Lord's Prayer. But it's just this rhythm of believing that the Lord loves you and that he's for you. In fact, Scripture says, if God is for us, who can stand against us? Amen. And so it's this powerful deal. We also have coming up next Thursday the National Day of Prayer. And uh, there's going to be a gathering at New Life Covenant Church, um, which is down off of Douglas at 6.30 um, that Thursday. And that's going to be kind of, they're hosting the, the, the city, um, um, the National Day of Prayer there. And so I encourage you, if you get a chance, you can go there. If you can't, pray from your house, set an alarm, 6.30, and pray with the city and pray with the nation for what God is doing. Amen? And so I want to encourage you guys to do that. And so um, in light of that, um, we've got uh, some things to take care of today for our seniors and our graduates. At this service, any If you're a senior, seniors? stand up. If you're a senior, you're graduating. High school, any, 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 Or maybe not. I don't know. Either way. It's all right. Awesome. Okay, Nobody's cool. graduating. That's fantastic. <laughs> or maybe not. I don't know. Either way. Yeah. Well, will you guys join me in praying for these guys? Jesus, thank you so much. Um, that we get to celebrate today, these lives. um, These are our very own. These are kids in our church body, Jesus. And so we want to cover them and we want to bless them. Um, And I ask for peace, Jesus, too. Um, It's crazy right now. What's next? Everyone is asking. They're so tired of everyone asking what's next, Lord. And but, because they don't even know, many of them. And uh, so, Lord, would you just bring peace to their hearts and in their minds, Jesus? The decisions that they have to make are before them. Um, and you're going to help them. And you're going to be faithful no matter what they choose. That's the reality of it. And so, Lord, I ask for that revelation to hit as well. Um, and peace in their homes, peace with their parents, Jesus. Uh, as every, It's new for everyone when a kid graduates and, and goes off to school or starts work or whatever, but it's actually, I thank you, Jesus, that it's a more exciting season than the last, and I thank you for the growth that you're going to bring in their hearts. Um, Yeah, so we bless them and honor them today in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Well, we are excited that you guys are here today. Um, Jacob and I are going to tag team a little bit on the Holy Spirit. Um, We are in this uh, kind of uh, uh, the last couple of weeks talking about this idea of the empowerment of the Holy Spirit in our life. It's a springboard coming out of Easter, getting on the great commission of Jesus in Matthew chapter 28, that he calls us to this commission, the commission, where it's going to take our yes and obedience and his empowerment to change the world. Amen? It's going to take our yes and obedience, and it's going to take his power, it's all about him, his power to co-mission together to see the world changed for him. And so we're going to talk a little bit about this idea and role of the Holy Spirit in our life. And I want you to get this down. When we talk about the role of the Holy Spirit, we're not talking about the theology that you know and the doctrine that you know about the Holy Spirit. We're talking about the activation that you're walking out in your life. Because lots of people have good theology and doctrine of the Holy Spirit, but not a lot are walking in the activation of the Holy Spirit. And this is what we're praying for, for increase. That there's an activated 
thing that happens in your heart where you don't just believe the word of God, but it becomes alive and active in you. Amen? And so here we go. When we talk about the Holy Spirit, we said last week that the Holy Spirit has a role in your life of leading you day to day. And so we talked about what it means to be tethered to the Holy Spirit. It says he leads us into all truth. And that as we're tethered to him, there's some things that he does. Scripture says he leads us into all truth. Scripture says that he teaches us everything and reminds us of everything. So he reminds us of his promises. He reminds us of where he's brought us through, okay? Scripture says that he convicts us of right or wrong. We, we don't have to go, I wonder if this is right or wrong in the world. I should ask my friends. <laughs> we just ask the Holy Spirit. He'll tell you, amen? And then finally we said one of the daily leadings of the Holy Spirit is that we're supposed to produce fruit. And it's supposed to be the fruit of the Spirit. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, and so on. The fruit of the Spirit is produced in us when we're keeping in step with Him. Amen? So our experience, where Jesus orders him of this Acts chapter 1, verse 4 experience, where Jesus orders his disciples not to leave Jerusalem until they wait for the promise of the Father. For Jesus says that John baptized with water, but you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit. So this was the springboard of what we read on that was getting ready to come at Pentecost in Acts chapter 2. And here's what Jesus says, you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you and you will be my witnesses. So he gave them the commission, the commission that it was going to take our yes and obedience, our waiting on the Lord, and that he would fill us with power to do it. You will be my witnesses in Jerusalem, in Judea, Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. So this mission that we've been called on is going to take a boldness and a confidence that's not going to be found in your own power. It's not going to be found in your own strength. This boldness that moves us to take risks that are not natural to our life. <laughs> risks that normally we would say, whoa, 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 that's so not me. And then that's the stirring of the Spirit's work in your life. So yes, the daily leadings, but he's also leading you to take risks. This is the empowerment of the Holy Spirit. So we read in Matthew chapter 28 of the Great Commission so we know that there's four Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. Listen to Mark's account of the Great Commission. In, Ma in Mark 16, 15, he says, Go into all the world and proclaim the Gospel to the whole of creation. So same call, look what he says. Whoever believes, is whoever, whoever believes and is baptized will be saved, but whoever does not believe will be condemned. And look what he says in verse 17. And these signs, everybody say these signs. These signs will accompany those who believe. So he doesn't say these signs will only accompany the 12 disciples. He says these signs will accompany those who believe. In my name, they will cast out demons. Yes and amen. They will speak in new tongues. They will pick up serpents with their hands, and if they drink deadly poison, it will not hurt them. They will lay their hands on the sick, and they will recover. Now listen, I listened, I looked up the word accompany. These signs will accompany. The word accompany means this. It's a, the word accompany means to go somewhere with someone as a companion or an escort. So here's the deal. We're walking and the signs and the power of God is accompanying us as we go forward. Amen? So here's what he says in this. And we're going to get back to the snakes here in just a moment if you're a little stirred by that. All right? 
So in verse 19, so the Lord Jesus, after he'd spoken to them, was taken up into heaven. He sat down at the right hand of God. And when he did that, and they went out, the disciples, they went out and they preached everywhere. That was their obedience. Yes and amen. We will go, we will proclaim the gospel. But look at the Lord's role in this. While the Lord worked with them and confirmed the message by accompanying signs. So here we are in co-mission together. I'm going to walk and preach the gospel. And God's going to do the signs and wonders to make sure that people know that the gospel's true. God's going to move in the faith of believers of him doing the power. It's not you and I. It's not you and I going, I'm going to try really hard and it's going to be really powerful. It's you and I going, Holy Spirit, you come and do your thing. Give him room. Allow him to move. He'll do it. He says it right here. You go preach the gospel, signs and wonders he'll bring. So here's the deal. For some of us, you start to read that and all of a sudden you go, okay, man, like this is the signs that accompany those who believe. Like what's he mean when he says they're going to pick up serpents with their hands and drink deadly poison and it will not hurt them? What's that mean? He's not saying go play with cobras. Amen. He's not saying go find rattlesnakes and tease them. You're an idiot, all right? I mean that like in Jesus, he loves you, all right? So here, here's the deal. What he's saying is when God has you on mission in risk-taking things, he's got you and sustains you. When God has you on mission and somebody's coming against you, he's got you. The Bible says that he's numbered your days. This is why Peter, on mission, radical for Jesus, is thrown into jail, has a miraculous escape through the power of the Holy Spirit. This is why Paul, on mission, is shipwrecked on an island and a snake bites him that's poisonous and he shakes it off into the fire and everybody sitting around the fire goes, uh, who is this guy? So something happens when we're on mission where the things that would seem super dangerous, poison and snakes, the Lord's going, I got you, trust me. And if you do check out, then you're home anyways, amen? So, so this thing in Mark will accompany you as, you as you go, these signs. You go preach the gospel and this stuff will accompany you as, you as you go, these signs and wonders. So let me just... There, so let me bring some language to this though. This can't be because you just have a theology of the Holy Spirit and doctrine of him. This has to come from relationship. Now I know that in this room we've got book people and movie people. And here's what I mean by book people. We got book people that would rather read the book. We got, which is not me. And we got movie people who would rather watch the movie, right? And both of you are like, oh, I like to read the book because I can imagine and I can see it and I can visualize what the characters look like. And then you've got people who like to watch the movie because I want somebody to show me what they look like, right? You guys know what I'm talking about. And the same thing is how we have tension at times with the Holy Spirit. Because the language of Scripture is trying to show you that the Holy Spirit is a person. It talks about he will lead you, he will comfort, he will tell you all things. That's language of a person and not just a thing, amen? And yet, then you begin to read the imagery and all of a sudden you start to see, well, the Holy Spirit comes like a wind and like oil and like fire and like water and like a dove and you're going, ah, oh, I'm so confused. And so what happens is, is you've got this abstract idea of the Holy Spirit because he's not relationship because you can't picture that. How do you have a relationship with oil, right? And so you kind of shelf it, but with Jesus, you're going, I can picture him. He's the guy in the pictures with the purple sash feathered hair. Like, I get that, right? So we've got an image of Jesus. 
And so here's the thing, though. Here's how Scripture describes Jesus. The bread of life, living water, the lion and the lamb. Uses the same imagery for Jesus, but I promise you when you sit down, you don't pray to Jesus and picture a loaf of bread that you're praying to. You don't pray to Jesus and picture a pool of water. You pray and you picture, hopefully you picture the guy off of Chosen. Amen, that dude's radical. All right, but anyways, another plug for Chosen. Um, Like you picture this guy that you kind of, whatever imagery that you have, you picture relationship. Well, imagine if we saw the Holy Spirit in the same light. Not just a doctrine and theology, but an actual relationship. I was thinking about this, like if I were to talk to you on the phone, or you were to talk with me on the phone, like we wouldn't see each other, but we would hear one another and we would have a visual picture that there's truly a person on the other end of that phone. It's the same thing when we're dealing with the Holy Spirit. And for us to take on this challenge of the commission together, we have to first start that he has a relationship with you, not just an ideology with you. Jesus, God stepped down, wrapped himself in flesh as a Jewish man. A Jewish baby, a Jewish boy, and a Jewish man. This is what the Holy Spirit comes and wraps himself in you. So here's the crazy thing about this. What's my point? Here's my point. In Ephesians chapter 3, verse 20, he says it. We read it last week. Now to him who is able to do immeasurably more than we can ask or imagine, according to his power that is at work within, everybody say us, us. So there are times in our life where we say, oh man, I just wish the Holy Spirit would show up. And he goes, I'm here. I'm here. Now listen to what I mean by that. When you read through scriptures and the Holy Spirit showed up, he looked like Ananias. When you read through scriptures and the Holy Spirit showed up, he looked like Peter. When you read through scriptures and the Holy Spirit showed up, he looked like Paul. Why? Because these were men that were filled with the Holy Spirit, trusting in him, that were walking by the Holy Spirit's power, and God showed up. You and I are carriers of the Holy Spirit. When the Holy Spirit is needed, which is all the time, he's looking to operate in a vessel who's obedient and ready to take the call, no matter what the cost. Christ is the head, and we are his body. In Ephesians chapter 1, verse 15, it says, the Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, he's praying this, Paul's praying this, may he give you the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him. And then he's going to go through and he's going to tell you, having the eyes of your hearts enlightened, that you may know the hope which which has called you, the riches of your inheritance, that you may know the hope and the riches of your inheritance, and what is the immeasurable greatness of his power towards us who believe, according to to the working of his great might, that he worked in Christ when he raised him from the dead and seated him at the right hand in the heavenly places, far above all rule and authority, power and dominion, and above every name that is named, not only in this age, but also in the age to come. Amen, church? And look at verse 22. And he put all things under his feet and gave him his head over all things, the church. So here's the church. Christ is the head. And here's what he says about the church. Which is his body, the fullness of him. What? Which is the fullness of him who fills all in all. And here's this revelation that I want you to get into your heart. 
When I'm willing to believe in the supernatural that may seem crazy in man's eyes, he will be willing to pour out the supernatural that's absolutely natural in his kingdom. Amen? And he's looking for that willing heart. And this is why in John 16, 7, Jesus says those infamous words. I tell you the truth. It's to your advantage. It's better for you that I go away. For if I do not go away, the helper will not come to you. But if I go, I will send him to you. And in John 14, 12, he says these infamous words. Anyone who believes in me will do the same works I have done and even greater works because I'm going to the Father. You can ask for anything in my name. I will do it so that the Son can bring glory to the Father. If Jesus could minister for full quote on this that I want to read to you, it says, if Jesus could minister for 14 hours a day, how many believe that a 14-hour day is a pretty long work day? Yeah? Pretty long. Some of you guys may put in more time or some of you may put in less. I don't know. 14-hour work day is a pretty long day. He's, they did the math. If Jesus could minister for 14 hours a day and see every person for 60 seconds, that's it. 14 hours a day for 60 seconds, Jesus would see 840 people for 60 seconds in a day. Now, I want you to think about this for a minute. 60 seconds is not a lot of time to get your life story across to him. Jesus, let me tell you about my wife. It's not me. It's my wife, right? Jesus, let me tell you about my husband. Oh, I've got so many. He goes, I got 60 seconds. Oh, you're going to need 60 years, Jesus, right? So here you go. If Jesus could do that for 14 hours a day, 60 seconds, he'd see 840 people. Why do I tell you that? It would take 1,190 days, 3.26 years for Jesus to see 1 million people. It would take him 2,147,239 years for Jesus to see 7 billion people for 60 seconds. And all that he's going after where he's 33 years and fully God who's got this life thing that he's going after where he's 33 years, right? All of a sudden you begin to realize Jesus going, it's better for you that I go because the only way this thing's going worldwide is through every single one of you. All of a sudden, we began to see 2,147,239 years for 7 billion people. It's not just him. It's him in every single one of us. This is the power of the Holy Spirit in your life. And so this is why we need the Holy Spirit. This is why in Luke 9:10, Jesus said he came to seek and save that which is lost. I want you to hear this. The Holy Spirit loves taking brokenness of the fall and restoring it back into its created order. He loves that. I was getting this picture even as we were singing that song, as the Spirit was moving over the waters. If you go back and read in Genesis chapter 1, God is speaking. Do you remember where the Holy Spirit was at? He was hovering above the earth. He's hovering above the waters. So God is speaking, and as he's speaking, the Holy Spirit's creating. The power of God is at work. So here we are, carriers of the power of God, that when there are places that are void and empty and formless and lifeless, we carry into those places. Those places. We carry the power to speak God's life into those places. This is why it's so important that you and I know this risk-taking nature of the Holy Spirit in our life. The fallen world, you've heard us say this a thousand times in here. The fallen world did not dominate Jesus. There was nothing about the fallen world that dominated Jesus. He ruled over all of it. Jesus never met a disease and was like, oh, this is a little out of my league. He never met a broken bone where he's like, it's just a little too broken. 
He never met a paralyzed man or a blind man who was like, oh, there's just a little bit too much spiritual warfare going on for me in this moment. Jesus never met something that dominated him every single time that Jesus met something or encountered something from a fallen world, he was able to heal it in a moment. And then he uses language for you and I, like just as the Father sent me into the world, I'm sending you. In the same way that that God sent me, I'm sending you. You want to come after me? You must live as I lived. And somewhere in this, you and I have believe the word or is that just for a few and here we are graduation Sunday gonna catapult graduates out into the world good luck little snap on the butt right and all of a sudden they go out and they see this huge world and they're like what do I do it's a risk and so when we start to walk in this risk-taking nature of the Holy Spirit there's some uncomfortable places that we're going to encounter Jacob has a testimony and a word on how the Holy Spirit comes in in those uncomfortable places. Yeah. Amen. That's all good. Can I have Paigey come on up here? So this is Paige. This is Matt's daughter, Matt and Darcy. And she got up a few weeks ago at youth, and she was just like her heart was burning. And she was like, Jacob, I want to just talk about what the Lord is doing in my life. And really, you're going to notice as she tells her story, just like this thing of coming back to this recognition of like, oh my gosh, my Father God is really a comforter, and I'm learning how to depend on His comforting. Amen? So this is Paige. Can we just give it up for Paige? Yeah. Well, um, a, lot, um, a lot is always there, no matter if you see much God truly does for me, and that He, no matter what, is always there, no matter if you see it or not. And... Uh, I know that he can break chains no matter what it, he can set you free from, no matter what it is that you might be dealing with, he can break it. He can set you free from your captivity because I've seen him do it in my own life and I know he's going to do it in yours because I have been through depression and anxiety before and it was awful. It told me lies that filled my head that just made me feel as though I was not enough and that the world would be a better place without me in it. I thought so many things that Satan would fill my head with, and that he would fill my heart with, that were just lies, because truly that's the only place he can get to you is your head. And that's when I went to church camp, and I was not looking forward to it whatsoever, but I showed up, and God met me where I was. He showed me the light and the darkness, and he broke my chains. He set me free. And he's definitely been showing me what my purpose is and who I'm truly supposed to be in his eyes, not in the eyes of this world. He's showed me that I'm a servant of the king above all kings. He showed me that I'm a daughter. He showed me that I am truly loved, that I'm beautiful, that I am enough. And he just experiences in life and through that through my experiences in life and through what I have dealt with, I can speak to the hearts of others and know that he can do the same in you guys. Much for showing me who I truly am. And I know that he can do the same in you guys. Amen. Amen. Kingdom, right? 
Oh, come on. That's really good news. So we're talking about risk-taking, and I'm going to stand over here off to the side, if that's okay. Just I'm going to take a risk and not stand in the middle. Um, but we're talking about risk-taking, and I want to read this scripture in Isaiah chapter 41. And I think it will be on the screen, but actually I'm going to read 18 through 20. Um, it says, this is the Lord speaking. Okay, I will make rivers flow on barren heights and things within the valleys, or and springs within the valleys. I will turn the desert into pools of water and the parched ground into springs. I will put in the desert the cedar and the acacia, the myrtle and the olive, and I will set jup- junipers in the wasteland, the fir and the cypress together, so that people may see and know, they may consider and understand that the hand of the Lord has done this that the Holy One of Israel has created it. And I think you read all this and, and you, you heard all that and it streams in the desert, springs in the valley, trees in the desert, um, making trees just grow up, these beautiful trees in the desert. And it's like the only way that would actually be possible is if the Lord were to do it himself. Amen? And I think that God wants to do something in you and I, and through you and I, that maybe we're afraid to let him do. Would you agree? I know this is me so many times in my life where the Lord is inviting me into something, and I feel like, God, that's impossible. How can you make that new? How can you bring up a spring in this desert? How can you redeem what I've shattered? And it's the Holy Spirit who's a faithful friend to remind me of his truth, Right? And this is the kind of dependency that we get to learn how to walk in as children of God. Amen? And so he wants to do something in us and through us that we shouldn't be afraid to let him do. Because he really is smarter than us, right? And he really is a good father. And the Holy Spirit wants to show us the nature of our father, right? It takes this leaning in, this obedience. It takes surrender, right? A lot of times we can't make sense, like we try to reason with the Lord, the things that he's, that thing would be right. Just can't make sense because we oftentimes can't comprehend what that thing would be right. And uh, it's just funny. We kind of play these head games with the Lord and I think he just looks at us like, you're going to get it. You're going to get it. I'm going to show you. Don't worry. You're going to get it. And for me personally, I'm learning to be comforted by the Lord in these kind of moments, in these kind of situations, when he's calling me out beyond my understanding. And this is kind of just the word I want to tack on to the risk-taking side of what it means to follow Jesus, because it does mean to lay your life down when you follow Jesus, when you accept his invitation, does it not? It's like completely the old person, the old Jacob Hall, has to die and be done away with in order for the new resurrected Jacob Hall to live in the abundant life Jesus is calling me to live. And so what this does is this, like, I'm having to learn how to redefine what I think should be comfortable. And so you think about comfort, and we all, like, think, I think of, you know, to be comfortable. I like to have adequate space. I like to be fed well. I like to have a shelter. Well, let's take it a step far. I drive a nice car. I've got really enjoy. That is unrivaled. Um, I drive a nice car. I've got AC and, and uh, heat in my house, as I'm sure you do too. And all these things, I think about comfort. And I, th- I mean, this is me, like how well you do at something. Like I am qualified to do this because I know I do this well. I'm pretty comfortable doing what I do. You know what I mean? 
And I feel like the Lord is saying, Jacob, that's all great. That's all great. But I just want you to know it's not even close. <laughs> and uh, what he's calling me and teaching me is to lean in the Holy Spirit with full dependency, to go out risk-taking and walk in obedience. I don't do it alone, but the Spirit works through me and with me, and he's a faithful friend, closer than a brother, right? And so it's good. It's really good. What I'm learning is just that. He's just faithful. When I feel like I'm doing really poorly, when I feel like maybe I heard wrong, when I feel like... Um, not doing anything at all, when I feel like being disobedient, the Lord is showing me how much better he is in my weakness. I'll give a quick example. Last Wednesday night, we actually were talking about supernatural things. And if, if we're going to follow him to get up here and, and speak to the students about the, how our God is supernatural, and if, if we're going to follow him, um, then what does that mean for us? Like Jesus says, signs and wonders, Aaron read it to you, we'll follow these things who believe in me, Right? And um, so we're talking about these supernatural things. I was excited all day, all week leading up, and all day long I'm preparing, getting ready for youth, and just really excited. 6.30 hits, 7 o'clock hits, and I just, like, lost everything. Like, I was here, I was doing the thing I usually do every week, but I was not here mentally. You know what I mean? Sometimes we do that when we go to work or when we're talking to our spouse or when we're hanging out with our kids, whatever. But I remember just throughout the whole night, I was like somewhere else, and I was battling in my thoughts just this insecurity. It's like, I don't feel like I'm really doing a good enough job. I don't feel like I'm, I'm providing like an adequate service for these students. They're, I'm trying to equip them in the Lord, but my, I myself, I feel so discouraged. And it was a really rough night for me. We come to the end of the night, and... Um, we always do a debrief with my amazing RSM adult leadership team. We're sitting around the table. Why? Like, I know the truth. It's like, guys, um, I had a rough night. I don't know why. Like, I know the truth that God is good. I know that the Holy Spirit was present. And I just, Lord met me in worship. Like, when we, the first, like, two stories where they were like, the Lord met me in worship. Like, when we, the first chorus of What a Beautiful Name, and I just got wrecked. And this was, like, from a grown man that you would never hear that from generally, right? And I remember just being so humbled and, and honestly baffled in the moment of, like, wow, my weakness doesn't hinder his strength, right? And I was so comforted that that's the truth, and then I heard from another um, person that they were just like, I had this moment with the Lord tonight, and my heart was so encouraged. And I drove home just, like, so affirmed by the Lord, like, God, he, I felt like he was saying, Jacob, I'm really proud of you. Son, I love that you prepared all day long. You got the, even just down to, like, getting the chairs in line. These small things, you made the space for kids to come to receive the gospel. I'm really proud to hear someone get wrecked by the I played guitar that night. I don't feel like I played guitar that well either. And so to hear someone get wrecked by the Lord in worship was just like, praise the Lord. He's, it's not me. It's not my guitar playing. It's not my musicianship. It's the Lord. But if we're willing to walk in obedience, there's a huge, fat, well done from the Lord. And I was driving home, and that's I I what I was hearing. Well done. Well done. Well done, son. I'm really proud of you. I love you. 
you think you did a bad job. Don't worry, I did a really good job. <laughs> and uh, this is just what, like the beauty of what it means to walk out life with dependency on the Holy Spirit. I love the way that Melissa Helser puts this. She says, you know, it's your honor, it's your privilege to lean on your dependency with the Holy Spirit. I can't do this thing alone. I can't even do this with just you and me. I got to have the Holy Spirit to empower me, right? And that's the, that's the strength I want to lean on. That's the comfort I want to lean on. I'll finish with this kind of closing thought. Um, I'm also recognizing, and they're full of risk. Sometimes the Lord is inviting you into these seasons that are exhilarating, and they're full of risk. But then there's also these kind of in-between seasons where nothing is happening in your life. Maybe you don't have the platform you used to have. For me, I play drums. That was a big thing. In my teenage years, I got to spend a lot of time playing drums on stages in front of crowds, worshiping the Lord. And I thought, this is, what, this is surely what I'm meant to do in life. And recently, I've still played fairly often, not as often as I want to, and that gets to me sometimes, though. And the Holy Spirit has been teaching me, Jacob, do you find your comfort in the things that you do? Or can you be comfortable with me and you right here in your office? Can you be comfortable with me and you right here on your couch? And I've been learning, like, God, that's so much better. That's so much more sustaining. The Holy Spirit's comfort sustains you beyond the beauty and the miraculous and the glamour of a, a big event. You know what I mean? Because those events, they have their place. Those worship nights, they have their place. But then everybody has a life the next day. You know, we all get up. We all get up tired. And there's new mercy. <laughs> no closing thoughts. But again, right? So we're going to sing. Aaron might have a couple closing thoughts. But it is, your beauty, it is your privilege and your honor to lean on the Holy Spirit yeah. and to know him as the comforter. And he's calling you. Let's ditch the idea that we're not called to live comfortable lifestyles. We're called to be the most comforted people on the planet because Amen. God is faithful, right? Amen. He just wants to redefine what that looks like for a lot of us. Such a good word, Jacob. Thank you. So we always, we, we like to respond when the gospel is preached. Amen. And so here's what I just want to encourage you to do. If you just close your eyes for a moment, I just want you to search your heart for just a little bit. If you know there's some places in your heart where the kind of comfort that you want to run to is what Jacob said, that nice pillow, or the comfortable lifestyle, or those things, and you want to redefine the true comfortability is taking that step in the Holy Spirit, taking that risk with the Holy Spirit, knowing that He is your comforter in that moment, and you're ready to take that next step of faith with Him. You're ready to take that risk-taking lead, not just daily leading, but the risk-taking leading with the Holy Spirit. If it's one or none, or you, you feel the in your heart, you can stand up where you're at. We just want to pray over you. I don't care if it's one or none, or you, you feel a stirring in your heart. But if that's you, I just want you to stand up. I just want to pray over you, because I believe that the gospel is true, and I believe that this is normal in the Christian life, and I believe that this normal Christian life is stirring in the hearts of believers. And that what we're doing is, and I love it, we're redefining what comfortability is all about. So if that's you, I love Jacob's word, you may feel like you were just missed the mark, and the Lord goes, oh, but I nailed it. So we just want to pray over you today. Jake, will you pray over me?
Jesus, I thank you so much for sending the Holy Spirit. I thank you so much that you yourself even knew him as a comforter. How much more are we then, Lord? God, I ask for a greater dependency to trust you, to lean in. I thank you that there's grace to live this way. Father, I thank you that your comfort is sustaining. It's not fleeting, but it's sustaining. If only we would just listen and believe. Lord, some of us, some of us, you need to slow down. Come slow us down so that we can be called back to what it means to be comforted by you and you alone. Lord, we want to turn away from the ways that we've run to our other comforts, the things we've made idols of your presence. Father, I also thank you for accompanying us in those <laughs> exhilarating, risky seasons. I thank you that it's by your power and by your grace that you want to do the impossible in and through us, Jesus. We don't want to be afraid to say, to, to agree and say, have your way, Jesus. So Lord, we want to turn from our fear and we want to turn into you, God, and agree in Jesus' name. Let it be. Thanks for listening today. If you want to find out how to get involved, go to reliancecommunity.org.